I'm Misty Winkler, and you're listening to the Simply Convivial Podcast, Episode 115. Welcome to the Simply Convivial Podcast. I'm here to help you beat the boom and bust cycle by organizing your attitude so you can organize your life. Simply Convivial keeps you on track with the ABCs of homemaking. We align our attitudes, build better habits, and carry out our calling. So, convivial, what is it? Convivial comes from the Latin roots con and vivere, so it means to live with. It's an adjective describing an atmosphere that is friendly, welcoming, and festive. And that's what we want as homemakers, isn't it? A home that is simply convivial. This month, inside the Convivial Circle community, we're talking all about homemaking. Homemaking is not about achieving a certain look or state in the home. Homemaking is a process, a service of love through hospitality to those who live in and enter into our home. That means that what HGTV magazines and Pinterest call homemaking probably isn't. Homemaking isn't about the decor or style or expressing ourselves. Homemaking is, according to the dictionary, quote, the creation and management of a home, especially as a pleasant place in which to live. So this month, we're tackling what it looks like to manage our home in such a way that it is a pleasant place to live. If you head on over to simplyconvivial.com slash homemaking, you'll find a special brain dump guide specifically about thinking through this issue. The guide will help you work out these ideas in your own specific context and for your own family's needs. But for now, let's dig in. Is homemaking old-fashioned and outdated? Do you picture a woman in a flirty apron and heels, hair neatly bobbed, red lips smiling? Is that a homemaker? Homemakers have looked like many things in the history of man, and few of them wore heels. In fact, we must remember that those pictures come to us from advertisers trying to sell us something, an ideal. That picture is just as false as the have-it-all-together career woman who can spend quality time with her kids image that television promotes today. For a pioneer woman, a homemaker's duty was weeding and harvesting from the home garden and making little go a long way. In Jane Austen's day, a homemaker's duty was to plan a menu and delegate the cooking and the cleaning to a servant girl. In Katerina Luther's world, a homemaker was a hostess, a beer brewer, and a charity provider. Harkening all the way back to the ancient homemaker, the Proverbs 31 woman, her activities boil down to caring for the needs of those in her wheel, her children, her husband, her servants, her community. Whatever resources and time that we have at our disposal, our function as homemakers is to promote the welfare of our families and our extended connections. The specific tasks, the specific people involved, the tools and the duties change, but the role remains vital. The dictionary says that homemaking means the creation and management of a home, especially as a pleasant place in which to live. 
The pioneer wife's first consideration was creating a home where none had existed before. The homemaking responsibilities of a more established and wealthy time was management, stewardship of what had been handed down. If we think our times are the only ones that have looked down upon homemaking and homemakers, it's only because we don't know history very well. At the time of the Reformation, women weren't being encouraged to take on paying work. In fact, housewives often did sell their work, and women of the lower class cooked or cleaned or nursed for women with money. Rather, women were encouraged to become fully devoted to God as nuns rather than submit to the drudgery of being a housewife. Katerina Luther, former nun, known for her work as a wife, mother, and hostess, knew that her work was just as much full-time Christian work, as we might say now, as her life had been in the convent. Her husband, Martin Luther, wrote, What you do in your house is worth as much as if you did it up in heaven for our Lord God. We should accustom ourselves to think of our position and work as sacred and well-pleasing to God, not on account of the position and work, but on account of the word and the faith from which the obedience and the work flow. A homemaker may or may not be the one washing her sheets, but she is the one ensuring that it's done. She may or may not be the one washing the dishes, but she is the one who sees to it that there are dishes, that they are clean, and that there is a cause for using them, that is, regular meals. The nitty-gritty work of making a home has been the work of every housewife of the lower classes, for pioneer women, for farmers' wives, and now even of the middle class, who have not human servants, but mechanical. The duty of the homemaker is to take the resources of the family and distribute them as required to care for the family, to provide comfort and a base of operations for not only her family, but also her community. Think of the March family in Little Women. They not only made what they had work for their own needs, they personally extended charity of food and time to their neighbors in need. A homemaker's concern is not simply for her home and those who sleep there. A homemaker's concern is making a home and extending the joy and provision of that home out to where it is needed. We truncate the role of homemaker when we limit it to meals, laundry, and vacuuming. A homemaker is important not because someone has to change diapers and wash dishes, but because someone has to care. It's the homemaker's job to care. Sometimes, most times for us, caring means doing the work, but it doesn't have to. And here's the rub. Doing the work is not the same thing as caring. You can care about and care for the home without being the one to mop. And you can mop the floors and not care about having a clean floor or a happy home. A homemaker is one who does what it takes with what she has to make a home. She is a manager running an organization, and that organization is a life-giving home. As G.K. Chesterton said, the business done in the home is nothing less than the shaping of the bodies and souls of humanity. All that we do shapes others. How we do what we do shapes others. Such is the responsibility and vocation of a homemaker. Homemaking, as Edith Schaefer reminds us, is an art, 
It's not a set of tasks. It's a vocation. It's a discipline, but a creative one. As she wrote in Hidden Art of Homemaking, all art involves conscious discipline. One is always having to neglect one thing in order to give precedence to something else. The question is one of priorities. If homemaking is making a home, particularly as a pleasant place in which to live, then our first duty as homemakers is not to find the perfect schedule for chores, but to actually be pleasant. What will make the home pleasant more than a cheerfully bustling wife and mother at its core? Of course, the floors should be scrubbed and the sheets washed and the meals prepared. These are outworkings, things to keep our hands busy. But what makes us homemakers is not these tasks, but our hearts. As Chesterton wrote in The Emancipation of Domesticity, when domesticity, for instance, is called drudgery, all the difficulty arises from a double meaning in the word. If it means that hard work is more heavy because it is trifling, colorless, and of small import to the soul, then I say, I give it up. I do not know what the words mean. No, a woman's function is laborious, but because it is gigantic, not because it is minute. I will pity Mrs. Jones for the hugeness of her task. I will never pity her for its smallness. Our role is huge because it is not folding the laundry, although we do that, but being everything to someone. And if we are everything to someone, to many someones, the one who makes and unmakes their world, what a responsibility lies to us, not to keep a rigid checklist of tasks, but in giving sacrificial, joyous love with every task. As C.S. Lewis once wrote in a letter, I think I can understand that feeling about a housewife's work being like that of Sisyphus, who was the stone-rolling gentleman, but it is surely in reality the most important work in the world. What do ships, railways, mines, cars, government, etc. exist for, except that people may be fed, warmed, and safe in their own homes? As Dr. Johnson said, to be happy at home is the end of all human endeavor. First, to be happy, to prepare for being happy in our own real home hereafter. Second, in the meantime, to be happy in our houses. We wage war in order to have peace. We work in order to have leisure. We produce food in order to eat it. So your job is the one for which all others exist. Being a homemaker starts not with a menu plan or a cleaning schedule, but with our attitudes. That's why our attitude is the first thing that we must organize. And that's it for this episode of the Simply Convivial podcast. Imagine ending your day satisfied instead of frustrated, because even though your lists aren't all checked off, you know you've done what matters most. After all, homemaking is not about achieving your perfectionist ideals, but rather about accepting your responsibilities and your constraints so you can walk in faithfulness and fruitfulness. If you need guidance and accountability in this process, then enroll today in Continuing Education for Homemakers at Simply Convivial. You can beat the boom and bust cycle and find satisfaction and competence in your calling. 
Enroll in Simply Convivial Continuing Education to get the jumpstart you need. To help you get started figuring out what you need to be a better homemaker, get the Homemaking Brain Dump Guide at simplyconvivial.com homemaking. And remember, life is for our sanctification, for God's glory, not our own. So every day, let's repent, rejoice, repeat. Repeat.